Hey, welcome for joining me on the On Call Empath Show. I'm Raj Mantaj. I created this podcast for all the empaths and highly sensitive people out there that want to find a safe space where they can come to and know that they're not alone. Each week, you can expect an expert guest to share their knowledge and expertise. So come with me on my journey and let's grow together. And remember, you're never alone. You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the On Call Empath. Today, you guys do not want to miss my next guest. Her name is Adriana Bucci. She's in a uh, actually helps empowering survivors of narcissist abuse and ha- help them set clear boundaries so they can live uh, their lives on their own terms. She's going to be talking about the horrific stuff that she went through with TMJ. And all the stuff that comes with it. And now she's turned her life around and she's dedicating to changing lives and helping others. Adriana, how are you doing today? Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing good. How are you? I am ecstatic. I just like really a big fan of your let's get your shift together. I think that's very clever. Um, Your uh, lives are very entertaining, but very effective. So um, I just want to... Yeah. So let's just start off. I mean, tell me a little bit about you and uh, how you got into coaching and and what led to to all of this. Sure. So actually, chronic pain is what led me into coaching, believe it or not. And it's uh, it sounds like how is this even connected to narcissistic abuse recovery? But it totally is. (laughs) So (laughs) long story short, I had chronic pain for like a solid four years with my jaw. I had TMJ issues. I had migraines, all that fun stuff. And then, yeah, it was a nightmare. And then in October of 2018, I got shingles in my mouth um, while I was getting my jaw realigned. Wait a minute, you could get shingles in your mouth and I thought it's only inside of your body. Oh my god. Yeah, this was like year 4 going into year 4 of my pain. Painful. And um it was horrible. It was absolutely like the biggest nightmare ever. So I was doing this stupid jaw treatment and I call it stupid because now I know about the mind body connection. Wow. Um but pretty much this whole treatment was to like reshape my skull, I guess, to kind of make room for my lower jaw because I did an MRI and it showed that my jaw was like compressing on my ear. So I was actually getting a lot of ear infections too, like in my late 20s, which was like super weird. And um, yeah, so this whole treatment, it was, I had to do splint therapy for a few months. So it was just like this stupid device that went in my mouth and like, it was just like this metal cage and it was like opening up the upper jaw to make space (laughs) for the lower jaw. It was a nightmare. And then I got braces. (laughs) Yeah. And I already had like perfect teeth because I had braces 20 years prior. (laughs) So I was just like pissed. Yeah, I was 30 getting braces for the second time in my life. And I was just like, this is not happening right now. (laughs) Like, this is not my life. I mean, I'll be honest, I was looking at your picture, you don't seem like there's anything wrong with your jaw or anything. I know you posted Mm -hmm. some pictures. um, But I mean, it looks like it would they do any work on your jaw or how because you look like normal, like there's nothing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you can't really tell. That's the thing, right? (laughs) So I had just started this whole treatment. And Um, I guess like I did 
1% of the work I was supposed to do on my jaw. So like nothing really changed like face profile wise, like everything kind of looks the same. Um, and that's just how slight the deviation is in my jaw. Like nothing's fixed or anything like that. And my neck's also crooked, but you can't tell. But I have an x-ray that really shows like my neck is on an angle and you can't really see it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is intense. Yeah. So you went through quite some, a uh, lot of, uh, you know, challenges growing up. And um, yeah. now you're actually coaching people. But I just want to go back a little bit, if you can just give us a timeline for all the uh, audience members out there. there. There's a lot of people out there that, you know, they suffer mm -hmm. from not only physical, but like, you know, tra traumatic experience from narcissist abuse and things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, I believe that uh, the pain that we get mm -hmm. as adults are repressed emotions. I mean, in fact, I've had yeah. I've had a bunch of people um, that are experts in TMS in the last couple episodes that have talked about that chronic Amazing. pain, uh, and then they get it in their in their late 30s and 40s, and they're bedridden and they just can't move. And you know, I I've been through pain myself. So if you could just kind of explain. Like you were pain free when you were growing up, but then it did it all hit you at once like a like bricks or mm -hmm. how did that happen? Yeah, good question. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um so I, I think my TMS journey like really started when I was a kid, like having just pain in general, but it wasn't anything like specific. Like I was always spraining my knee. I was always like having a stomach ache. There was always something going on with my body. Um, but I would like, you know, get better from it fairly quickly. Um, you know, so I it was just kind of like one thing after another, but it wasn't completely pain free, but it wasn't anything that you know, I was super concerned about and like, I would go to the doctor and like get myself checked out stuff like that. And like, there was never anything wrong with me wrong with me. So, you know, it was just like these weird symptoms that I had to manage. I had like some bouts of eczema, I had bouts of vertigo. Um, I thought I was gluten intolerant. So I cut gluten out of my diet for three years. And then, you know, I accidentally ate something with gluten, and I didn't have any symptoms. So I was like, okay, I guess that's not it. So <laughs> it was just a whole bunch of different yeah. things. But the the TMS that lasted for four years, it all started after I got my wisdom teeth extracted in 2015. So I was getting like tooth infections. Um, because of the wisdom teeth, they were impacted. I was told 10 years prior to get them removed, but I didn't because <laughs> they weren't bothering me yet. So I just figured whatever, right. you know, if they start bothering me, then I'll deal with it. And then sure enough, um, my, I saw a dentist who scared me into getting them removed. So I did. And that was horrible because uh, just the whole procedure was horrendous. Like I never had a cavity in my life and I was awake for this wisdom tooth extraction. So to see them pulling blood out of my mouth oh, was horrific. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just never something I had ever seen in my life. I'd never heard a dentist drill, nothing like that. Wow. I had gotten cleanings and braces. That was, you know, I had great teeth. <laughs> and um, there was one point where I could actually feel pain while the doctor was extracting the tooth and he didn't believe me. So, I mean, that was, that was shitty. <laughs> and um, after that, like, I just was in so much pain and I kept going back to the dentist and he kept giving me like more prescription medication, like tramadol and stuff like that to try and, you know, deal with the pain. But they never like they were very dismissive of me oh yeah and not really taking me seriously so that was super frustrating and then i 
went to an emergency dentist three and a half weeks later because I was just my face felt like it was going to like literally explode. And sure enough, I had an infection and dry socket, which is when the blood clot comes out and it's like the most painful thing. So that just started this whole slippery slope of bullshit Mm -hmm. (laughs) with my pain. Um, I switched dentists, obviously, (laughs) because I was just pissed. (laughs) And uh, my new dentist was like, oh my God, like we did this clove treatment for the dry sockets that went on for several weeks. And then he confirmed that I had TMJ dysfunction and there was a deviation when I opened my mouth. So my mouth would open in like a zigzag pattern Mm -hmm. instead of just straight up and down. Wow. So that's kind of how it all started. And then my life would comprise of going to physiotherapy three times a week for the next, you know, year and then feeling a little better. But then the pain was just always there. The migraines were there. So then I started doing chiropractor, acupuncture, like just doing all the things. And then I went to that TMJ specialist who suggested doing this whole braces thing. So I did that. It was just a complete nightmare. And then in 2017, I got carpal tunnel. One after so, another. Wow. It was a disaster. So, yeah, like there was just so many different I mean, things happening. you've been through the ring. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was it was trigeminal neuralgia that got me to figure out what the mind-body connection was. So when I did get the shingles in my mouth, I was just, I was 30 at the time. And I decided I didn't want to live to see my 40th birthday. So I would give my husband another 10 years before I make him a widower. Oh <laughs> like that gosh. was my thought process. That's how much pain I was in. And trigeminal neuralgia, it's actually nicknamed the suicide disease because of how painful it is. So by January 2019, I was just like, I was giving up on life, basically. I was just like, whatever, like, let me just go through the motions, see what happens. And I was just mindlessly scrolling on Facebook and an ad for Curable popped up. (laughs) So that's the app for all the mind-body stuff. I impulsively bought a one-year subscription and immediately got offended that it was going to cure my chronic pain by me thinking about my childhood trauma Mm. and repressed emotions because I didn't think I had any of those. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this just to kind of switch gears here. I mean, you definitely, definitely Mm -hmm. have been through hell and back. It's it's just remarkable. (laughs) Just the way you talk on your, you know, Instagram, you're, you're, you're very to the point and you're positive and you know exactly where other people are coming from. When it comes to family, I know culturally I'm East Indian. Uh, I know a lot of uh, my friends that come from an Asian background or, you know, um, Middle Eastern background or any type of, you know, different background, their family kind of raises them in a certain way with, you know, the social pressures. Mm -hmm. And then many of them fold under pressure and then they end up getting some sort of uh, pain, that mysterious pain that pops up, which I'm very fascinated about. And, and, uh, you know, I definitely want to learn more about this. But coming from you, where do you think all this pain originated from? And and what was your childhood like? Well, so my childhood was a shit show. I was raised (laughs) in the Italian culture. So there's so many similarities with, you know, how Italians (laughs) raise their children and Indian, Middle Eastern, like, you know, all those cultures. There's a lot of similarities. And one of the things is like extreme loyalty to your family. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So that's where abuse can really be insidious Mm -hmm. and very hidden because it's culturally accepted that you obey your parents, even if you're in your 40s or whatever, you have to do what's right for your parents and not for yourself. 
So I definitely had that mentality growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was also like, it wasn't the typical Italian upbringing where, you know, you just assume that you have all these family get togethers and stuff like that, because my mom kind of alienated me from most of my family, even my father. So I, my parents got divorced when I was really young. And what I was told was that he abandoned me and he just never wanted me to begin with. He didn't want to be a father. And he just kind of, the marriage sort of disintegrated when I was born because it was my fault for being born. So that's, that's what I grew up believing. And my childhood really was shitty. Like, and I didn't really start putting the pieces together until like, I started dating someone in 2007 to 2008, and he was like the only normal person that I dated who was not a narcissist, um, but we kind of grew apart type thing. But he was kind of starting to tell me I had a deprived childhood because I had never seen any of the movies that like most people have seen and things like that. And I was like, nah, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, Whatever. (laughs) I didn't have a deprived childhood. My mom was a single mother. She (laughs) did all the things, (laughs) you know, she did her best. Yeah. Like that's what I kind of assumed. And we also lived with my grandparents because my grandmother had a stroke when I was like four years old. And then when I was seven, we decided, my mom decided to move into the house and take care of her. So I was also kind of neglected because my mom was very focused on taking care of my grandmother. And I was just kind of like shoved to the side in a lot of the case, in a lot of cases. So that, that was kind of my upbringing. And my mom didn't really start showing any narcissistic hate, I guess you could call it towards me until I started developing a personality. So like the beginning part of my childhood was pretty good as far as I could remember. Um, There's chunks that I definitely Mm. don't remember still, which I just, I mentioned this to let anybody else know that it's okay if you don't remember your entire childhood, you don't need to remember every detail of everything in order to heal. And you know, memories might crop up when your nervous system is ready for it. And that's okay. Like you don't have to know everything about your childhood in order to start doing the TMS work. Um, so yeah, like that was pretty much it. I didn't know my dad growing up and he would send presents and stuff like that, but nothing really clued in that he was actually trying to be in communication with me. My mom kind of just made up all this stuff that like, He was trying to poison me against her or whatever. And now it's like, he was probably just trying to tell me the truth that he didn't abandon me, but whatever. Um, Yeah, so that was, you know, and then I did get bullied in elementary school as well. So that was just, it was just like so many different factors that made my childhood shit. (laughs) So once like your childhood, like you were growing up, you were bullied, you know, you had a narc mom mm-hmm. at that point, you had no idea what TMS was. No clue. Um, and you didn't have your pain symptoms probably didn't start until you got a little older. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So I, I was definitely getting like random symptoms as a kid, like just, you know, stomach aches and things like that, which I now believe was definitely TMS, but what did I know at the time? Um, but the real, real TMS didn't really start until 2015 when I had that wisdom tooth extraction and all the jaw stuff started to happen. And I find that very interesting because that 
for me, there was a pinnacle point too, where you get to a point where something uh, something happens that triggers your whole system to crash. For me, I had a slip disc in my lower oh, back, no. and that sent a uh, chain reaction all the way up to my upper back, my neck, my shoulder. Oh. So all of that was like going in a round robin for decades. And I mean, I've been in and out of the hospital. Now, I didn't know about TMS till recently. I'm working with one of the best doctors in the country, Dr. Schubner. I don't know if you ever heard Amazing. of him, but you oh, know, I <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's awesome. amazing. Uh, you know, I was also reading Dr. Sarno's book. And so mm-hmm. now, you know, with, me- you know, today with, uh, you know, the medical community, you know, you're going to go through this protocol where, uh, well, first of all, I want to say this, this podcast is not, you know, uh, to replace any medical advice. So if you're definitely uh, hurting or something, go see a doctor. This is just, uh, you know, our conversation. But what I want to say is like when you go to the doctor's office, at least for me, they would go through a protocol where they would, you know, take x-rays, give you pills, send you home. That doesn't work. You come back, they give you, you know, more pain medicine, more x-rays, and then tell you the diagnosis like, okay, now you got to live with it. Then it gets so bad, you go back and you keep going back. You try chiropractors, you go through Mm -hmm. acupuncture, you get shots. That's all what I went through until the point where it's like, okay, surgery is your last bet. But... Mm -hmm. That's the protocol that I've heard lots of people that's been on the show, my listeners, they all regurgitate the same thing that when, I don't know if it's a training that they get that, okay, we're going to try to mask the symptoms or just contain it so they're not in pain. What about just looking at the root cause and saying, okay, what's causing this? Let's sit down and let's have a one-on-one conversation. What's going on in your life? What happened in your childhood? Did that ever happen to you with any doctor or how did you find about TMS. Oh God, not, none of that happened. And I was like in therapy too. So like no See, one made this connection. And that's the thing. That's what I'm yeah. keep keeps popping up with every um, you know, guests that I have here that are experts, they are saying mm-hmm. that they go through this, this same protocol. And I'm not saying it's not effective. I'm sure it is for a m- many people, but the cat's out of the bag now. Dr. Sorno, mm-hmm. w- the stuff that he said in his book is going to be mainstream. It's coming out and people are going to find out that these pharmaceutical companies that are pushing these dangerous drugs to us, can't, I mean, it's all like part, I feel like it can be overturned by TMS if you just look at what happened to you growing up, especially with what the work, the line of work that you do. Can I ask you, um, what are probably one of the, one of the biggest things that your clients come to you, like as far as the biggest complaint? Um, So most of my clients come to me for healing from narcissistic abuse. They don't come to me initially for the pain. And that's that's something I did intentionally. So at first I was actually coaching TMS people. Um, and then I just decided, you know what, let me incorporate narcissistic abuse recovery into this because that that's the way to also heal from narcissistic abuse by releasing those emotions. Cause it's all, it all has to do with your repressed emotions and even just the brain fog that happens from the confusion of what you've been through with a narcissist. If you do that inner work that the TMS protocol calls for, That helps so much. So most people, you know, they come to me for healing from narc abuse. And, you know, after, you know, within the first session, I'll ask them, do you have any physical symptoms, like any random pains or anything like that? And they're like, "Uh, yeah, how did you know? (laughs) And it's like, yeah, no, this is definitely the mind body connection. And then, you know, a lot of them start to realize that, 
you know, they pull, they pulled a muscle at the same time as something very stressful happening in their lives. And it's like, is that a coincidence? Or is that TMS? So there's a lot of different types of pain that people go through. Um, I've gotten a few clients for just TMJ because they're looking up is TMJ TMS and it obviously is. And then they find me and then they come to me for that. Um, but there's a lot of different varieties of pain symptoms that my clients have. There's people with hip issues, back issues, digestive issues even, and doing the work totally helps with the pain and healing from the abuse. So it's like you kill two birds with one stone. So would you say there's like a, like I would say 90% of people that come to you have correlated pain and and do you do you think I mean it's just an inference like a hundred percent yeah and and that's that's what I find yeah. interesting is that how are all these people have these mysterious pain and one after another and they move around their body so this I think this is going to be huge in the future like once people start to connect the dots yeah. what do you say to let's say somebody that says you know what you're saying is bullshit like as far as the tms like it's you can't just have it all in your head like this is real pain and it's not from childhood it's you know but there's there's been no injury at all like there's there's been nothing that happened to this person but they're complaining about you know back pain or or or, you know Mm -hmm. headaches and stuff um you know i just find it fascinating that that i feel that there is a correlation but you know, what would you tell that person that who who doesn't believe in TMS? You know, I didn't believe in it myself when I first heard about it. I thought it was complete bullshit because it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, we are so indoctrinated by the medical system and, you know, the medical system, they do great things. They it's, you know, they, it saves lives. Absolutely. But when it comes to stuff like chronic pain, um, you know, there's a lot that falls short for sure. And I think that for people who are skeptical of the mind-body connection, I don't blame you at all. Like, I absolutely don't blame you. Your concerns are valid. And it's, you can't really force somebody to believe in the mind-body connection. And I think that for a lot of people, you have to suffer a certain amount before you'll be able to open yourself up to it, which was definitely my case. Cause I think if somebody told me about TMS, like before I learned about it, I would have laughed in their face <laughs> and said, that sounds like bullshit. I'm going to go to my chiropractor now. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I definitely had to reach rock bottom in order to like be even open-minded to it. But You don't have to reach that point, but it's totally up to you if that's the point you need to reach. So I'm not here to force anybody to believe in the mind-body connection because that doesn't help anybody. Um, But it's real. Your pain is real. And that's the thing. A lot of people interpret it as the pain is all in your head and it's not real or whatever. Oh, God, no. That pain is is real. real. I felt it. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it in your body, but the origination of it is in the brain because the brain sends those pain signals. This doesn't mean the pain's in your head, but if I didn't have a brain, I wouldn't have pain in my jaw or my wrists when I had carpal tunnel, right? So it's, you know, I guess you got to suffer some more if if you really don't want to believe in it yet. Yes. And, you know, this is for the audience. I mean, a lot of people that do tune in the trauma victims and uh, empaths, you know, they, they've been through a lot of uh, just emotional pain. 
Um, as far as physical pain, mm-hmm. it, like you said, it comes like a little after once like you, your body just starts to let you know, hey, you know, I can't take these repressed emotions. It's from people pleasing. It's years of abuse from family members, years of abuse from your boss and, and stuff like that. Let me ask you, mm-hmm. if you can go back uh, in time, what would you tell that Adriana as far as boundaries and people pleasing and how to deal with your mom and narcissist? What what would be one thing that you can kind of help guide that person? Uh, move your out as soon self. as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like That's like my biggest piece of advice. Because if I had moved out like before the pain started, which I did for two weeks, but then I got guilted into coming back. (laughs) (laughs) They guilted you to come back. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Like I I moved for two weeks. It was 2012. And I didn't put the connection together that my mom was a narcissist yet. I was just like annoyed with her because she decided to like rearrange my entire closet when I was out one day because she didn't like how I I hung my pants. It was so stupid. And she was just like, invading my privacy a lot and that was just pissing me off so I decided I'm gonna move out and then I did and I got like some noise complaints because my dog was barking a lot (laughs) um so I was freaking out and then my mom kind of like guilted me into coming back so I did and I lost first and last month's rent and that really sucked so I wish I had stuck to my guns because this was back in 2012 or 2013 or something like that and this was before the tooth extraction. So I feel like if I was out of that environment some more, I would have had more clarity. And, you know, maybe it wouldn't have gotten to the point that it did. I'm sure it still would have. I would have gotten TMS in some form, but maybe not so bad. Not as bad. Or, you know, I would have found out about mind body stuff earlier. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, we can always wish that we knew about something sooner. But the way I see it is as long as you're living, breathing and not on your deathbed right now, like you still have the time to make those shifts in your life and to, you know, educate yourself on not only narcissistic abuse, but TMS and the mind body connection and how that is probably affecting you. Because I think it affects almost everybody, whether they like it or not. (laughs) Yes. And for the listeners, can you just like kind of tell them what TMS uh, stands for if there's another... um term for it? Uh, Because I know there's like 10 different terms for it. But what does that stand for? Do you know? Um, Yeah, so tension myositis syndrome. So that is what Dr. Sarno coined. Um, He created that term. It's just a fancy medical way of saying like, there's tension in your muscles causing pain. And that's the syndrome or whatever. (laughs) Um, So that's that's what TMS stands for. It could also stand for the mind-body connection. syndrome, the mind-body syndrome, um, tension myoneural syndrome, whatever you want to call it. But at the end of the day, it's the mind-body. It's the mind and the body being a reflection of each other. Yes. So wrapping up here real quick, let's. Uh, I just want to give you one quick scenario. Let's say um, there's someone out there that's listening right now. They are in a kind of a similar situation with you, like maybe they're with their family or they're with a spouse that's a narcissist, but they hang like maybe financial or they have control over, you know, a lot of things and they can't really get away at this moment because of the pandemic. What can you tell them um, to actually survive living with this person just long enough so they can make their getaway move? I mean, whether it's keeping boundaries, people pleasing, you know, all that stuff that they're they're being walked all over every day. What can they do right now when they get off this podcast after listening to you being the expert 
to use and implement right away to kind of survive until they can get away, like you said? Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. And I know a lot of people deal with that. I dealt with financial abuse myself from my mother. And that's partially why it took me so long to actually fully move out because I just felt like I never had any money. Um, and I actually took on more debt in order to move out the second time, which that's, ended that's up being brave. permanent. That's very brave. Yeah. 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 Like I got to the point where I was like, I would rather live in a fucking cardboard box <laughs> than. <laughs> well, there's everyone has, a, everyone has a threshold. So. <laughs> Yeah. Like I had reached my threshold and I was like, I did not care. I just needed to get the hell out. So I did. Um, And I know a lot of people are probably going through that right now where, you know, there's just no funds to move out or anything like that. And that's totally understandable. And your best bet is to do two things. So number one, you want to gray rock and I consider gray rocking also setting boundaries. So if anyone doesn't know what gray rocking is, is you take on the personality of a gray rock and you just be as boring as possible in your interactions with the narcissist that you're forced to live with at this time. And this might make them try harder to get a reaction out of you because the point of gray rocking is to get them to lose interest in targeting you for abuse. And the more you react to them, the more they're going to keep going because they get like a little high from seeing you react to them, which it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's like it's so messed up. And if they just behave normally, they would get their supply, you know, (laughs) like they would have the loyalty from the empath in their life anyways, but whatever, can't really get through to these people. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, don't expect that you're going to get through to them because it's just not going to happen. So that's one thing you need to really accept that nothing you can do or say is going to make this person change. The only thing that you can change is the way you behave around them. And gray rocking is going to be the most important thing. So you just one word answers, talk about the weather, talk about really boring things, like just don't engage, go to another room, walk away, go for a walk, something, whatever you can do. Um, The next thing is going to be start looking seriously at your finances, like take inventory of where you're at, take inventory of like how much debt you were already in, if you are in debt already. And you know, see what the market rates are out there for rent and what your options are. Like there's, you know, certain situations where you could just rent a room in a house and, you know, you're away from the narcissist, but, you know, maybe you're living with strangers, but it's probably better to be living with these random strangers you don't know (laughs) than the narcissist in your life. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Yeah. So do some sort of like financial inventory and really see where you're at. And a lot of the times we have these beliefs about money because our narcissistic parents try and make us believe that scarcity yes. is the only thing mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So there's definitely that scarcity mindset thing. So that's why it's important to actually take a look at where you're at financially. And, you know, if you don't have a down payment for a house right now, that's okay. That doesn't mean you still have to live at home, right? If you're on the road to doing that, that's okay. Maybe your dream of property ownership is going to happen 10 years later because you're moving out and renting. Like it's, it's not worth it. It's not worth it to stick around in an abusive situation just because you feel like you need to own property. Like everyone's situation is different, obviously, but like, you know, if that's part of the reason why you haven't moved yet, do an inventory of that and weigh out the pros and cons. And if you have no hope right now, like you don't have a job, you're not getting any government assistance or anything like that, start brainstorming ways on how you can 
you know, make money when this pandemic is over, or if you can change your, you know, um, what's the word, your field, your field and whatever you work in into something that like you could work from home and do some sort of online job or something. And don't tell your narcissist in your life what your salary is if you do get a job because they're going to try and financially abuse you even more. So I would lie and say that you're making way less than what you're actually making so that they try they don't try to take that much more from you. Like have a secret bank account, have a secret part-time job, whatever it is you need to do to like get financially independent, do it. I love that. I mean, you're so you have so much insight and you've been through it. You're helping other people. Anybody that's listening out there, it's never too late. If, if you're never, you know, past gone, you can always start at any age. Um, and if you're going through TMS or pain uh, or have a trauma bond and you can't leave right this second, that's okay. You, just like Adriana said, you, there's ways to survive as gray rocking, buy yourself time. And then hopefully after this pandemic is over, look online. There's money to be made on the Internet. Um, just so many ways. Just try to be creative. But that was awesome, Adriana. Can you just uh, before we leave, can you just tell our audience where we can find you on social media? Yeah, sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Let's Get Your Shift Together. Shift with an F. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's very clever. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I thought it was a fitting username for all this. <laughs> for your and, email, yeah. and I was like, I'll just look for getting my shit together, and then your exactly. thing popped up. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. The email's the same. Let's get your shift together at gmail.com. The website, let's get your shift together.com. It's uh, just Google, let's get your shift together. You'll find whatever other social media things I have there too. I have a YouTube channel that I neglect quite a bit. Um, maybe I won't neglect it that much longer. We'll see. <laughs> I'm on TikTok too, but I only go there to like create reels, but I'm there too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, get, you're getting pretty creative on TikTok. I <laughs> Thank like Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys check her out it's really intuitive i like it it'll, it'll at least make you yeah. laugh too <laughs> if so, nothing at least laugh <laughs> with the siri well that siri thing was like blowing me off or just like the siri thing that you did on uh one of your tiktoks yeah. where siri yeah. was talking back i don't know how you got that voice but that was classic so you yeah. guys if you it's look at it you'll effect. see what i'm talking about it it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> you just do voice well, to text uh, on whatever you write you can make your own siri video <laughs> all right well with that said thank you so much for coming on on this podcast and you're always having me yeah you're always welcome you're you know you have wealth of knowledge if if you ever want to come back my door is always open oh for sure all right i'd love to excellent all right guys if you can do me a favor let me know how i'm doing on apple itunes please rate this share this but with that said stay tuned for the next episode and we are out you're listening to the On Call Empath.